Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. good to be fired up for the Lord, is it not? It's good. I would invite you this morning to open up your scripture to the psalm, uh, 72nd psalm in fact. We're going to be looking at the first seven verses and the 10th through the 14th verses. Psalm 72, 
verses 1 to 7 and verses 10 through 14. This is an interesting section of Scripture because it almost takes two separate paths as it sort of guides us in our reading. In the first section, it's going to talk to us about our leaders. And in the second section, it's going to talk to us about reaching out to those who are maybe not leaders. Again, Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7 and then 10 through 14. And it says this, Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice. Let the mountains bring peace to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted of the people. Save the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. Let them fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and abundance of peace till the moon is no more. Let the kings of Tarshish and of the islands bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts and let all kings bow down before him. All nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper. He will have compassion on the poor and needy, and the lives of the needy he will save. He will rescue their life from oppression and violence, and their blood will be precious in his sight. You see how the scripture reads out to us, my friends? It's looking for us to support our leaders. And if you are a leader, whether it's within your local church, within your family, within your place at work, look to the Lord to lead you. The scripture tells us so right here. And in the second half, it tells us very, very plainly, if people are in a position where they can't help themselves, we need to reach out to those needy people. We need to deliver the needy as God has delivered us from our need. Let's pray. Father, we stand before you, humbled by your presence with us this morning. We know that we can go in your strength and do many things, and that although the, the things that are in front of us, Lord, may seem overwhelming at times and impossible for us to handle, remind us that you are with us. Remind us that you can handle anything, Lord. We can put our strength in you and our faith in you, and we can give you full credit for all that's accomplished through your power. And as we support our leaders, Lord, whether they're local or national, uh, help us to recognize that it's not from us that their strength comes and that their, their foundation comes, but from you. And when we see the downtrodden, Lord, help us to reach out. Help us to uh, look inside ourselves and find what your will would be for us, that we might reach out to those needy and, and fill that need when possible. And when those physical needs are filled, Lord, perhaps they'll be open to the leading of your word and your gospel message. I'll be with us this morning as we know you are. Fortune in your name that we ask these things. Amen.
Good morning. The scripture this morning is Isaiah 60, the first nine verses, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes, round about and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you, the young camels of Midian and Epeth. All those from Sheba will come, and they will bring gold and frankincense, and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered together. The rams of Naboth will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar, and I shall glorify my glorious house. Who are these who fly, fly like a cloud and like the doves to their lattices? Surely the coastlands will wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. May God bless his word today.
good morning. I like all these old songs. <laughs> Maybe that says how old I am, but that's okay. <laughs> this Sunday is Epiphany Sunday. The name Epiphany comes from a Greek verb which means to appear or to give light. The Feast of Epiphany is associated with the visit of the wise men from the east who came to Judea in search of the newborn king of the Jews. The Magi observed his star at its rising, and so his coming was revealed to them by light. This story reveals Jesus as the king who has been awaited, and that in him a new light has dawned. But just as the wise men did not understand at first what this really meant, so we do not fully understand it at first either. Jesus' kingdom is not of the type we expect, one marked by power, strength, and authority. Instead, it is to be marked by a cross, a tool of oppression meant to indicate failure and rejection. We remember his birth in the form of a vulnerable and dependent baby born to unremarkable parents, cast into an animal shelter at birth, and whose parents are forced to become refugees in order to save his life. The story of the birth of Jesus Christ is an end to the waiting of Advent, the coming of the one expected, for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But it is more. It is a light that points us toward another end, the fullness of the kingdom of heaven that helps shape how we live our lives today. Over the past several weeks, Captain John has been talking about the various names that were attributed to Jesus in Scripture long before his birth. And as a result, he talked two weeks ago about the Prince of Peace. What does that mean, the Prince of Peace? Is peace a reality? Is that possible with all that's going on in the world, wars and rumors of war? and all of the things that are happening within our country, loss of jobs, loss of opportunities. Well, what does scripture have to say? Let's take a look at two very quick scriptures that put this into perspective. And by the way, Bill, we're gonna to get to your collection in a few moments, but this is a, this is a rock of our salvation, and so it's coming first. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Look at that last line again. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And for the Christians, we are given a special special gift. It's called the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit helps guide us. And there is a great verse in Isaiah that puts it into perspective. Very simple, but very, very profound. Comes from Isaiah, the 26th chapter, the third verse. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. There's a promise. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. What's the condition? Whose mind is stayed on thee? How do we get that condition? 
a daily walk with the Lord in prayer and in his word. That's what will give us this peace, regardless of the problems that we face, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of the challenges that are there for each of us. He will give us that perfect peace if we spend that time growing in him through his word and through prayer. In perfect peace.
opportunity to practice, just a, a run through before the meeting. What a blessing. On Wednesday, December 3rd, 2008, uh, an emaciated 17-year-old boy walked into a, a fitness center in California wearing only boxer shorts and with a, a chain and a shackle on his ankle. He went up to the manager and he begged the manager to please hide him. He told him that he had been held in shackles for almost a year. He was being held by um, three adults, one of whom was his aunt. We live in a dark world. Then just uh, this past week, Wednesday, December 31st, Derek Bonestrew burst into a staff meeting at the Eldora Mountain Resort near 
Nederland, Colorado, yelling something about religion. No one's quite sure exactly what he said, but it was about religion. When the general manager, Brian Mahoon, heard the commotion, um, he came into the room to see what was going on, and Bonestrew asked him what, what his religion was. So he told him that he was a Catholic, and without warning, Bonestrew shot him twice, killing him. We live in a dark world. I just was informed that uh, Lisa Bells, of the Lisa and Eric Bell, part of the Bell family, um, her uncle died suddenly at age 58 from a heart attack. We live in a dark world. Uh, terrible things happen. Tragedies happen. People suffer terribly. Well, on that cheerful point, let me say, Happy New Year. If, if you thought that uh, 2008 was a, a tough year, just think of what it was like for these families. Uh, many families who have suffered tragedies, uh, unspeakable difficulties this past year. And that's only a small sampling, what I've shared, of um, the darkness that exists in this world. All you have to do is pick up the newspaper any given day. I'll challenge you any day. And you will find stories that, that just break your heart. A daily reminder that this world is suffering from spiritual and moral darkness. So this morning we're going to talk about darkness, but also about light. Please open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 60. The book of Isaiah has been called the fifth gospel because um, its emphasis on the person and the work of the Messiah. It was written to the people of Judah to warn them of the consequences of their sin. Even though these people had maintained a, a form of religion, they, they went through the motions of their religion, they were very far from God. There was not much justice and righteousness in their land. And God, um, through Isaiah, reminded them, told them that he was going to punish them by sending them into exile. But later in the book, in chapter 60 is an example, um, we see this great hope for the future. In chapter 60, he gives, a, gives them a promise, a promise that he was going to do something wonderful. In verse 2 of that 60th chapter, it reads, For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people's. You know, this is really a description of the state of the world without God. It is a place of darkness. It, it, it's a darkness, but the darkness that's mentioned here, it's more than the absence of light. The Hebrew word is more intense, and it denotes a thick, cloudy darkness and gloom, the kind of darkness when a terrible storm is, is about to hit. This darkness that the world is enveloped in is a cloud of ignorance, a cloud of sin, so dense and so obscure that no light can penetrate it. This is the darkness of a world without God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we read, The earth was formless and void, and darkness 
was over the surface of the deep. This is the state of the world before God began his acts of creation. And it's what you find when God is left out of the equation. When God is left out, what you have is darkness. Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. You know, we naturally kind of equate darkness with evil, and it inspires kind of a primal fear when you're in a a dark woods at night or maybe in a strange home and it's dark. There's just an uncertainty. The darkness spoken of in Isaiah chapter 60 is something that is truly ominous. It's not just um, a a silly thing where sometimes maybe we're nervous in the dark. It's a very real darkness. Have you ever experienced that kind of darkness? Have you ever experienced that kind of evil, maybe personally, or you've been associated with a very dark and evil situation? You know, we live pretty sheltered lives here in America. Most of us don't experience these little stories that I shared. But don't be fooled. There is great darkness in this world. But our passage today isn't just about darkness. Because the message of Isaiah 60 is really about light, isn't it? Notice the inferences and references to light as I read Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 5. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples, but... But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes around about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice. This passage when you look at it, it's full of light and radiance and brightness and glory. The light referenced here is is a reference to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, who is going to come and, and bring this glorious light. It's also a reference to the good news that Jesus was bringing. The gospel, Matthew's gospel, chapter 4 Verse 16 speaks of the coming Messiah in these terms. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has dawned. And in John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I could go on and on with references to light. If you just do a search on your computer for the word light in the Bible, you'll come with a whole list of um, scriptures that talk about God and light. I think you get the picture. Light is symbolic of God's presence and of his glory. The Hebrew word does not mean merely that God's glory would be visible, that this light would be something you would notice or see, but that it would be so bright It would be so luminous that it would be unavoidable. You would have to take notice. You would have to look at it. 
In the Old Testament, God's presence above the mercy seat was seen in the Shekinah glory, and he dwelt in unapproachable light. In the New Testament, we see this light in Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So this world, aside from God, is in darkness, great darkness. But God has come to show us his light in Christ. This is the good news. This is the gospel. But we can't just leave it there. We have a role to play. Now, when I was a kid, my brothers and I, we loved to build models, plastic models. You know, the plastic model kits, you could build airplanes and cars and all kinds of, kinds of things. But my brother Paul, he was a different kind of model builder. He liked horror movies. And so um, one year my mom got him a model of Frankenstein. What was especially cool about this model, I still remember it when I found the picture. It's like, yeah, I remember that. It had parts that glowed in the dark. So at night, Frankenstein would glow in our bedroom. Of course, after a few minutes, um, that light would, would start to fade, and soon it would be dark again, but you knew he was there. It, it, what it needed was regular exposure to the light if it was to keep glowing in the dark. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Here, God's people are told to arise and shine. This is a call to the people. You see, we too are to bring light to a dark world. We too are to glow in the dark, not because of our own brightness, but because we reflect and gather the light of the risen one. Do you want to shine? Then you must arise so God and his glory can, can reflect off of you. If you don't rise, you can't shine. If you don't rise... You can't shine. You see, rising implies that we've been down, that we have experienced uh, suffering and defeat. We know what it is to, to, to have to deal with sin and all the ills of this world and our society. We've been down in that dust of life. We know something of the darkness of this world because we've experienced some of it and we've discovered the light. We've rejected those things of darkness and we've come to that light. And the command here is to shine, to impart light to others, to be encompassed with light and glory so that others can see God's light. Our purpose really isn't just to reflect light. I had said, well, we reflect light. And yeah, that's true. But... Um, kind of like that Frankenstein model. Uh, we are to absorb light and then glow with it. Not just bounce it off, but we are actually to take that light into ourselves, absorb it, and, and radiate that back out. 
to be filled with the light of God and attract the attention of a lost and a dark world. And here's the result. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 3 to 6. This is what happens when, when you do this. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant. Another beautiful light picture. And your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. You probably never wanted that, but that is a good reference to the uh, prosperity and the blessings that come with God. The young camels of Midian and Ephah All those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense, and they will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. A little reference there to the wise men and their gifts thrown in as well. Isaiah prophesied that a time was coming when God's glory would come into this world and would be reflected and absorbed and readmitted by his people. And, And it would draw others to, um, from the spiritual darkness to be converted, to worship, to join in the blessings that God has for us, the blessings and the joy of God's salvation. This prophecy has been fulfilled in Christ. Now, there may be other future fulfillments as well, but, but this prophecy has been fulfilled in Christ, and each of us is to rise and to show the light of God to a lost and dark world. This is how we are witnesses for Christ, by rising from the darkness ourselves and letting Christ be seen in us. I think too often we're tempted to try to blend in with the world, maybe to hide a little bit in its shadows, hoping that by uh, being like the world, maybe the world will want to join us. But God calls us to radiate his life in dark and shadowy places. This is God's plan for his creation. And we have the privilege of being a part of its fulfillment. Yeah, that prophecy was fulfilled in Christ, but we fulfill that prophecy in our own lives as we continue to show Christ to this world, generation after generation. Ephesians 5, 8-17 says... You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, 
but understand what the will of the Lord is. Have you left the things of darkness? Have you risen from them? Have you left them behind? Has Christ enlightened you so that you shine with his radiance? Are you letting a dark and a lost world see God's glory in how you live? How you live each day of your life, how you live and react to the the circumstances of life. Do you glow in the dark? Do you? As we start this new year, I invite you to, to throw off the things of darkness those things that want to pull you back down into the world to, to, to mar and impair your ability to, to radiate Christ's love. Throw them off. Get rid of them as we start this new year. And then I invite you to absorb the things of God. Read His Word. Be in prayer. Fellowship with other believers. Just fill yourself up with the presence of God. And then shine. Let Christ enlighten you so that others may see. Not just so that you can be built up. You can can fill yourself with all kinds of scriptural knowledge and all kinds of the good things of God. But but he doesn't give those to you just for your own edification. He gives it to you for the good of the body and to be a witness to the world. And I'll challenge you, if you do that, you will find joy and purpose, true joy and true purpose in life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your uh, amazing plan of salvation. Lord, the more we study it, the more we realize how how broad and deep and wide it is, how all-encompassing it is. Lord, the more we marvel that, that you went to all this trouble for us. Lord, I thank you that um, At one point in our lives, when we were in darkness, when we were lost, disoriented, that someone reflected and radiated the light of Jesus to us. I thank you, Lord, that your word radiates that life, that beauty. And Lord, I I just uh, give you all the praise and the credit for the fact that we can sit here today as children of God, because Lord, we can't take credit for that. All we did was, uh, was say yes. And Lord, what, what a deal. What a wonderful opportunity you've given us to be saved, to be forgiven, to, to be uh, made sons and daughters of the Most High God. But Lord, I pray in this new year that you would just um, help us, Lord, to be better sources of light, better reflectors, better um, gatherers of your light and goodness and glory. And Lord, might we do our best not to impair or mar the, um, the light as it goes from us. Help us, Lord, though we're human, to submit ourselves fully to the Holy Spirit. Lord, that he would empower us to, to be um, evangelists by the way we live. Lord, might our presence speak to people something of the presence of God, the presence of Christ. Lord, that's an awesome task. That's an awesome concept. But I pray, Lord, that uh, uh, it would be you in us and that, Lord, um, you would do your work 
in bringing a lost world to the light. So God, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we ask you in this new year to to challenge us, to um, remind us, to hound us if that's what we need until, Lord, we submit ourselves completely to you. We thank you and we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray? God of glory and of light, we worship you today. Thank you for shedding your light abroad and pulling us from the shadows into your glorious light. Help us this week to glow with the radiance of your love that we might draw others from the darkness of sin. And may the Flint Citadel be a lighthouse to the lost. We pray all of this in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.